The Snooze Slumberland Sale is on now. It's amazing what a little snooze can do. As long as Stab Abby and Osha don't sleep in and miss the podcast. Hit 105. Kiki, you didn't receive a rose. Yeah. Please take some time. Say goodbye. Good morning, Kiki. Good morning, guys. Why do you have to use that voice? You're going to freak I know, out, it's, very, it's really so creepy. What? Hey, Kiki, you didn't get a rose. Take a moment. Someone, <laughs> was, someone was admonishing me on Twitter last night for, for, for speaking so quietly to you, and I'm like, I'm dealing with people who are heartbroken. I have yeah, to be it's respectful. A very, it's a very emotional time in any young lady's life when she doesn't receive a rose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, were you more annoyed that you didn't get a rose or you had to say goodbye to the girls? Um, look, it's a, always a tough one, but it was it was very hard to leave the girls because we had spent so much time together. Mm. And um, also not receiving a rose kind of sucks a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, it's just that idea of rejection where you're like, no, I reject you. I didn't even want a rose. I mean, I did, but yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's, it's funny because in the atmosphere that we're in, you, you really, really want to get the rose and that's the only thing that you can think about. Yeah. And it consumes your day-to-day life, yeah. like what's going to happen at the next rose ceremony. So it, it's very easy to let it, to get it, to get to you, even if you do or don't want it. Yeah. When you, when you watch the show back, um, how does it make you feel when you see what went on on the actual single dates that you only got to hear about afterwards? I was absolutely gobsmacked that Nikki, mm. the little, like... Fibber had been passion with Richie and we didn't know anything about it and she was so, so stone cold in the face. Mm. When but then she if she did told it. you, then it's kinda like everyone goes, Oh, I can't believe you did that. Oh my I God, know, I know, but that? then you know, it was a bit of a um you know, a bit of a controversy that the girls that did kiss him didn't tell people because then they told one girl and it eventually circulated around the house. And then that was even more controversial. So I think honesty is the best policy in these kind of things. We are all aware that he's dating 22 girls. Yeah. It's best everyone, just to, to tell the truth. Everyone looks shocked that he's dating someone else. They're like, what? I know. When, when, he kissed <laughs> someone on a date? What a cheater. And it's like, mm, no. I know, no. I know. So I think when, that, when you, you know, we're all When you said it's circulating aware. around the house, though, is that... Is that- a cold sore or just the rumour of the... No, no, no. It's, it starts off as just like a little idea. Like a little, 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 yeah, little tingle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. starts off as a little tingle. <laughs> tingle. Were you happy with the editing? Um, look, it's one of those things like I'm really, really grateful for how I came across because I was managed. I managed to keep a level head um, the whole time. I didn't lose my head out there. There's one mm. thing I did say on the first episode. Girls, remember your training. Um, <laughs> but there is a lot of things that did happen that we didn't get to see as viewers. And I was a little bit disappointed because Richie and I shared so many funny jokes and so many really quite intellectual conversations. Oh. And there's a side that the viewers didn't get to see of him I would um, like during my, my, yeah. my time with him. But again... It did still show me in a really good light, and it showed a lot of the other girls in mm. some, you know, somewhat of a not yeah. but good light. So I'm very grateful for the fact that, you know, I did come across really well, and I've got a lot of good feedback from it. This yeah. is the fourth season that we've done of the show, and without a doubt, this has been the season that's had the most attention, without a mm. shadow of a doubt. You, uh, obviously, once you leave the mansion, you, you know, you need to play it cool. You need to keep a low profile. So you go, yep. oh, you know what? I'll just. <laughs> over to Bali, just kind of keep it low-key. And yep. now you're getting hunted by paps. Mm. This has been happening for a while, world. though. How's that this, feel? this has been happening for a while, though, prior to even the Bali trip being an idea in my head. So because I am I live in Bondi and it's pretty well known that people know where I train and go to the gym and things like that, I'd have to go to the gym at 5.30 in the morning in a full face of makeup and hair. Sp- I'm joking. <laughs> but, you know, paps are hanging out. I'm down there in my stilettos, you know. <laughs> but it's been happening for a while now. On the squat machine and a pair of Louboutins. I see yeah. it every time. <laughs> but it's been happening for a while now. So it, it was. I was a little bit shocked to see that they were in Bali. But I think 
I um, need to reevaluate my friends list on Facebook because yeah. I did yeah. post up what date I was going to be there. Oh, rookie mistake. I know, but I was hoping to see if other friends were there because I had a few days downtime before rookie I got there. Rookie error, Kiki. Rookie error. Look, I'm very trusting. I'm a vault, Kiki. <laughs> he is. I'm a, I'm he is a, vault. a vault. I'm so happy to see you. You look fantastic. Thank you're feeling, you. You're feeling this, good. This, is your heart feeling good? This downlighting right now is not doing much for me, <laughs> but I'm, I'm feeling good. And uh, that's the main thing. I barely slept last night because I was so nervous about doing uh, these interviews today. Aww. But yeah. No, you've done an amazing job. Well, well done Thank on you. uh, your time on the show and good luck for the future. Thanks so much. Stabbing Abbey now with Osher on Hit 105. Kids of today, don't know how lucky they've got it. What with their iPads and their Pokemon Go's and their technology, all that shenanigans. I don't know if you know, but back in my day, oh, I used to have to get up in the morning at half past ten at night, half an hour before I went to bed, <laughs> walk three and a half miles in the snow. Miles, of course. Yep. Yep. Get to, well, my horse died. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, uh, it's no secret that I, I grew up quite poor. We grew up quite poor growing up. And uh, How poor were you? How poor was I? <laughs> and, uh, but I think that when you are poor, that it forces you to be inventive. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was reminded of a thing we used to do, and I want to hear from people out there as well. 131060, I want to hear the games you played when you were poor. You know, you couldn't afford to go out to Dreamworld or Grundy's or all that sort of stuff. So you just sit around the home, look at what you got. Mm-hmm. You know, well, we got this, we got that. Let's play a game with it. Now, the one that we played, all we needed for this, very cheap, you just needed eggs. It's called the egg game. It's a great game. Want to play? Here, Abs, you ready? No. Catch the egg. Catch the egg. Catch it. Yeah. I think you really had an egg. It's the egg game. Oh, sure, catch the egg. Catch what? the egg. What? No. Yeah. Ah, yeah. How much fun? Throw it to me. No. <laughs> Throw it. Hey, Dave. No, 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 no. Dave, catch Too the many egg. buttons. Come on, it. See You'll how much fun it, it is? Stav has brought an egg into the studio for this. I like it. Do you just carry this with you at all times? <laughs> I do. Just in case to make sure I can have a, uh, a child. Uh, That's fine. Throw it back to me. I want to play. I haven't played yet. And it's even better in the backyard. You like pick it up in the air, and you got to do those ones like where you pull it back. In oh, so head. the game is like you take, have, keep taking a step back every well, time. Yeah, well, you're normally out in the backyard, and you're just throwing it, and you got to catch it without breaking the egg. First time we ever played it, I'll never forget it. We, th- I threw one up in the air. I was playing with my sister. She got right underneath it. No, no thinking about any sort of cushioning the uh, effect yeah. of the egg, and it just smashed Quite all over her face. <laughs> and then we went. This is a great game. Let's play this every day. <laughs> all you needed was however much a carton of eggs was. Uh, it was limited to the amount. Like you get to the end, you go, "Well, we're out of eggs. Anyone got any more money? No, we don't." So, have you tried to bring this to your daughter? Uh, not yet. Did she you can't know? catch. Ca- can't oh, catch. okay, cool. Um, here, here I was thinking that throwing eggs at moving cars was <laughs> the fun thing. <laughs> my to brothers do. and I used to always have to come up with other. Games. We used to ask our parents for something and they were like, nah. nah. And we were obsessed with ninjas. Uh-huh. And we're like, oh, there was this ninja set that we wanted to get. Mm. And they were like, nah. So we went and got like the nails, yeah. our rusty nails, and put like paper on the end mm. and made our own blow darts. Great. As you do. It. Great. You do. Yeah. yeah. I obviously jaw. had to go to the yeah, hospital. Mm. I don't think we even, uh, we even did that. Yeah. I mean, I remember feeling bitter. That um, my across the road neighbours used to go to Dreamworld and they'd come back with, you know, like those really long drink straws yeah. and all. Yeah. We don't get to go yeah, to Dreamworld. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what mum would do is she'd take us down to Slaughter Falls uh, yeah. Park so, yeah. and it's like, go on, kids, go and play adventures in the bush. <laughs> and we'd go, Unreal! And we just like <laughs> run into the bush. You've got to love the fact that she actually made cardboard cutouts. You've got to be this tall to go into this cardboard. <laughs> oh, that's just nice of her. That's just nice of her. Francesca is in River Hill. Francesca, what game did you play when you were poor? Hey, so uh, my brother and I used to collect, we were so poor, we used to collect scrap 
um, cardboard from around the place, mm-hmm. build like little cardboard forts, mm-hmm. and then go around and collect rocks. And then we used to throw them at each other's forts to try and knock them down. Brilliant. So, we, used to, so good. <laughs> we used to call it Rock a Wall. Brilliant. Oh, that's the other part of it is the names you come up yeah. with for the games are also great. Yeah. In this day, so you give a kid a box and they like it better than the toy inside. Yeah. 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 No, Why that's don't they just great. Give boxes for Christmas. I think I think there's something. If you just give them a box, they go. Where's oh, the thing? Okay. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure she still has both eyes I'm and sure. all the teeth. I'm sure. You know this whole don't do that. Yeah, exactly. No. You make it through. Chesay in Ipswich. Chesay, what game did you play when you were poor? Hey, man. Um, we used to, because I grew, I grew up in South Africa, uh-huh. right? So everybody's poor. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, so at school we used to steal paper from the teacher's classroom mm-hmm. and somebody bring like cello tape, sticky tape, mm-hmm. and we'd stuff all that paper to, together and then we'd make a soccer ball. Oh, oh that's, that's great. so good. Who was that snobby-ass rich kid that had all this sellotape at home? Hey, who was that guy? You needed him, though, but la-dee-da. You bought yep. the sellotape. Well, good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, see, it's inventive, and it makes you come up with stuff that you just yeah. have. It's, yeah. it's the mother I mean, invented. that game's out when it starts but raining. I want the <laughs> iPad out. I want an iPad out. Exactly. Have, some pa- have half a ream of paper and some sticky tape, kid. Go have fun for three hours. <laughs> Dave and Hammond. Dave, what game did you play when you were poor? All right, this one borders on the bazaar. Okay, love it already. All right, I was quite young. Uh, my cousins used to have this uh, really inventive game where you would put a nail in a PowerPoint, and this was before safety switches were invented. <laughs> okay, oh, okay, yeah. So one kid would hold on to the nail, and the other kid would turn the PowerPoint on, and you see how far across the room you get blown. You're oh, joking. Oh, my God, Dave. Oh, no. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Serious. So the last kid left standing, obviously he was the winner. Whoa. Um, we do not recommend this no. uh, here at Hit 105. I'm not saying I don't. Uh, wow. That's, that is, you can uh, never tell your kids don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and any, like, um, did you, you down to your, your first cousin, second cousin, did you lose anybody or you're all okay? No, no, and strangely enough, we're all in uh, in that trade. So uh. you're all. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Abbey now with Osher on Hit One Hundred and Five. There's actually been a study done in uh, in Israel. Uh, Dan Ari- Dan Ariely wrote a really interesting book called Predictably Irrational. He's got another book called pay off the hidden logic that shapes our motivations. And it talks about um, what motivates people the most to do a good day's work. Mm. All right. And they did three texts, three tests. They said, okay, would you be more more motivated for a cash bonus uh-huh. for a text from the boss saying, Hey, job well done <laughs> or free pizza at the end of the day. Cash. I'm going to go with pizza. Abby's right. What? Free yeah, pizza at the at end uni. of the day. It's really strange, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, a- absolutely. Is, yeah. he, is it ringing? Yeah, we've got him on the line right now. Mm. Is he yeah. there? Mm. Hey, Ego, are you there? Hi guys. Hey, Ego. Uh, you're live on the air. Don't say, don't swear anything. Otherwise, we'll have to have a meeting with you later on. <laughs> You'll have to have a meeting with yourself. <laughs> yeah. Meeting with myself. Yeah. So, Ego, I just, I just, uh, so Br- Brisbane. This is Ego. He's our boss. Mm. Um, Ego, they've just uh, done a study overseas that you know talks about how to motivate teams the best. And I know you want to motivate us. Yes. Of course. Because you want Constant us to be battle. a really great radio show. No constant battle. <laughs> Now, apparently, cash bonuses cash bonuses only work if they're massive. Like, I'm talking banker bonuses. Right. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's, your, that's one option. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, the, the thing that increased productivity the most, um, two things, a text message at the uh, end of a good day's work. From you. Fantastic. From you, mm-hmm. and yeah. free pizza. I, I like both of those, to be quite honest. So, do I get to eat the pizza as well, or is yeah. it just... 
pizza sent to your house. Oh, oh sent to my house huh? would be lovely. See, so you don't have see, to see with a yeah. text message. With a text message. Uh, but it, you've seen how people react when there's free food here. Oh yeah. In in the studio, like, like seagulls on a chip. Yeah, yeah, I mean sometimes just for fun, um, I have seen an email get written saying there's free food, and everyone gets up off their seats and they sprint <laughs> to the kitchen, and it's not Me there. Oh, that's hilarious. So, um, <laughs> where did we end up? Uh, we uh, do we have a new bonus system, Ego, where we will be getting free pizzas if we do a good job? Yeah. Well, how do we determine a good job? Yeah, that's always the issue, isn't mm. it? I guess you know, you know how it always goes with me. I go, I mean, I'm just, I'm just hilarious every day. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. yeah so you got, you got three pieces coming your way tonight. <laughs> thank you. All right, done. Uh, and then I guess with you two ragamuffins, you just got to try a bit harder. You know, the problem yeah, the is too, Ego, you're going to spend all your time looking for a bloody vegan pizza place that doesn't offend Osh's <laughs> sensibilities. So, you know, gluten-free, mate. Yeah, gluten-free. Oh, really? Yeah. A yeah. gluten-free uh, vegan pizza. Yeah, if he doesn't give it to me, I will not feel appreciated and I just won't do a good job. <laughs> do you know what a gluten-free vegan pizza is? The box. <laughs> Stabbing Abbey now with Osher on Hit 105. All this week we have been talking uh, a fair amount talking with different people about domestic violence considering it's been in the news a lot and of course if domestic violence does affect your life 1-800-RESPECT that is if you are uh, or your partner needs help 1-800-RESPECT is the phone number to call we are going to talk about it a bit for the next few minutes um, and of course we uh, we had this chat yesterday with uh, Tim Class Olaf Tim Class Olaf is an ambassador for White Ribbon now he became an ambassador for White Ribbon after his sister-in-law was killed by her partner who's since been convicted with manslaughter. This is Tim's story. Good morning, everyone. Now, Tim, we were just hearing that you have so much experience with um, domestic violence from uh, your childhood and then as an adult sort of witnessing it. Do you mind sharing your story? My background comes from being a person who grew up in a house where domestic violence was part of our everyday life. That didn't really draw me to becoming a white ribbon ambassador. What happened a few years later was when I got married, I married a, a wonderful woman who I'm still married to and we've had some beautiful children with. Uh, it was her sister who came to us and shared our house with us for many years. She met a guy who she'd gone to high school with. Now I'm a, a martial arts instructor and I teach self-defense and I took one look at this guy and I said, I understand what domestic uh, violence can be and you're in trouble here with this guy. Right. After a while, my friends and her friends got together and we took her out of the house. And that was one of those occasions where she'd been beaten up a couple of times and we made sure that we got her out of there before anything got any worse. But of course he kept bringing her up, sending her flowers, the chocolates. Oh, sweetheart, I'll never do that again. Look, I'll go and do the counselling and I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I get through all of that sort of stuff so that we can get on with our lives. I really love you. I will never hurt you. So, of course, she went back. Mm. She was in love with him. Mm. So she went back to him after about uh, six months and that was okay for a couple of years. They had an, another couple of children. She had three children with this guy, in fact, and... Then one day, we got that terrible phone call. And the phone call was my father-in-law, her father, trying to explain to me something on the phone. I just couldn't understand what he was trying to say. And then, you know, it's one of those moments where you get hit on the head with a, a, a sledgehammer. 
that was probably one of the hardest days of my entire life. And that was one of those things that I look back at and I think to myself, I could have done more. I could have changed something there. But, of course, she was saying, it's all good. I can fix this. I can work through this. She thought she had a handle on it, but she didn't. Mm. And that's why I became a White Ribbon Ambassador. Well, <clears throat> I don't, you say there that you could have done more, but it does sound like you guys did a lot. At least, at least you, you try. You got her out of there um, on one occasion, and I mean, what more could Wouldn't you? Wouldn't the have answer done? be yeah. never going back to him? And then at that point, do you? Well, that is the answer. Mm. We do tell people that if you try to go back, the chances of them reoffending, it's very high. Mm. So I mean, it's not one of those things that's an easy sort of fix. No. Can I ask from your <coughs> point of view, um, with with Rochelle, who I've got to know, she would always say that, you know, he had a difficult upbringing and I think that's probably put through the courts and stuff like that. From you, having experienced it as a child, do you ever feel that that's a cause for other people to then grow up and be the abuser? Quite often a lot of those people grow up with that. It's, it's a learned behaviour. Mm. When, when you look around at little kids, do you see little kids abusing other little kids? No, no one's born with no one's hatred born with in their heart. Yeah. Nobody's born racist. Mm. Mm. Nobody's yeah. born sexist. Mm. Nobody's born as an abuser. Then, then how did you break that cycle? I made that choice. Mm. And I think anyone who's in that situation, they just have to look at themselves, wake up in the morning and make that choice every day that they will never do that. Mm. Do you believe that people can be rehabilitated that they can change yes i do believe i have met a couple of people who i believe are genuinely rehabilitated but you have to make that choice early because if you set the pattern it's very hard to break mm. Abbey now with osher on hit 105 we do like to wake you up in the mornings. We do hope we can make you smile in the mornings. Sometimes, though, we need to speak about things that do happen in our community. This week, we've been talking a lot about uh, domestic violence. And Tim Class Olaf, who's a white ribbon ambassador, has been sharing a story with us. What would be your message to women who say that they kind of wanted to help them? What would you say to those ladies that think that they can, I guess, stop a guy from ever doing it in the future? That's a hard one, isn't it? Mm. Because some people will change, mm. but the majority of the time that they, they don't want to. Yeah. For an abuser, it's a, it's a position of power. When we have somebody who's in a relationship that has domestic violence, we look at the male or in some minor cases, the female, mm -hmm. it's all about a position of power. Mm. Those people want to control the other person, regardless of whatever is going on anywhere else. And that might be coming from, for instance, pressure from work, mm -hmm. maybe the way that they were brought up, the bullying that they may have received when they were children, they'd want to take that power and exert it on somebody else. Mm. So the other person saying, I can change them, I love them, I can change them, doesn't necessarily work because that other person's just going to go, ah, okay, well, here's another way I can control them. Yeah. Or doesn't want to change. I mean, that's the thing. If they don't want to even begin to take steps to change, then you're not going to be able to do it. They, they might not even recognise there's a problem. Well, it's like, it's like anyone. You have to recognise you have a problem mm. before you can fix it, and you can only fix it from the inside. Mm -hmm. 
You did say that when you met the, this guy um, that you could see, you know, you could recognise the domestic violence um, situation. What sort of things would you say to people to look out for? There are several markers that you can look for. A person who is controlling somebody's movements, controlling where they can go with their children. For instance, uh, Rachel had three children. And she could never come to our place with all three children at the same oh, time. Oh, wow, right. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a classic example. Mm. Yeah. If you have a friend who is slowly pulling away from the rest of their group and so, uh, slowly you see them sort of disappearing into the background have a second look mm. because if somebody's trying to control them if, each time you pick up the phone and you ask to speak to them and the partner picks up the phone and says no they're not available mm. Mm. they don't want to talk to you ask yourself that second question because these are fairly simple sorts of things to see a lot of the guys who take the position of power are exciting vibrant people sometimes even quite charismatic. Mm. Half the time you'd never guess that they were that kind of person. A man who's blaming other people for their problems is usually one of those kinds of guys. Yeah, right. mm. Is a punishment enough for domestic violence? I don't think punishment actually fixes the problem. But having said that, I'd also like to see a lot harsher penalties. Yeah. Because we need to protect the rest of the society that we live in because mm. he's out on the street now and my worry is that if he hasn't had any psychological help, any psychologist looking in, over his shoulder, he could go out and he could do the same sort of thing in another yeah. relationship. Yeah. And he's not on a register or anything like that, so anybody could take up with him, not realising who he was or what he'd done is if he decides to keep that secret. Mm. And then that person could then be in the same danger scary yeah, well, there's a lot more that needs to be done to i think talking about it is the start and i think that's uh, something that you do very well your story is amazing and um just sharing it will help a lot of people out so uh well Tim i think i think there are ways of of making a difference and that's making sure that everybody looks out for everyone mm. and if we can start with society's uh change in attitude and what's good is that Everybody is talking about it on radio, television, newspapers, mm -hmm. whatever kind of uh, social media. The conversation is there. So if we can all then look around and make sure that we stand up and speak out and look at that person and say, hey, I'm looking at you, mm -hmm. mm. I can see what you're doing, that may make a change. And that's the white ribbon message, isn't it? Stand up and speak stand out. Stand up and speak out. And, and in the end, it's education and a change of cultural behaviour yeah. that will make a difference. Well, I think you made a difference today. We thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story. I know it can't be easy. Uh, Tim from White Ribbon, uh, thank you so much for your time, mate. My pleasure. Thank you. And if any of these stories has res resonated with you, if you feel that you uh, can relate to either side of Tim's story, 1-800-RESPECT is the phone number to call. They offer help for both sides of any situation uh, in a domestic violence situation. Stabbing Abbey, now with Osher on Hit 105. Osha and Audrey are getting married soon, and we're hoping mm. there's not going to be any awkward moments at the wedding. There but will if it be. is, it'll be fine. They're <laughs> always fun to watch if it doesn't involve you. They normally we, do, Abby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they do, don't they? <laughs> oh, there was one time at a wedding. You're the celebrant. No. No awkward moments from you, please. <laughs> no, there was an. Oh, what did at, you do? At um, at a friend's wedding, 
my husband was on the dance floor and I walked past him and he decided to pick me up and spin around. That's right. At the same time, the photographer was sort of down on the ground taking photos of people. Yeah. So he took an upskirt photo that was horrific. And I asked him if I, he could please delete it. And he said, look, the groom has made it clear that I'm not allowed to delete any photos because he said the guests will say this. And I said, you have to delete it. And they didn't. And what's worse, the photographer photoshopped it. <laughs> You know, they Photoshop all the way. Well, he did some, just a bit of retouching. He just took out all the cellulite, which I guess was good. Bless him. But 131060, what is your awkward many wedding moment? I'll find that photo and put it up. Please don't. <laughs> for everyone. Danielle is in Burpin. Gary, morning, Danielle. What's your awkward wedding moment? Okay, well, it was my mum's wedding and my partner was there and there was heaps of new people there. And after the wedding, they were all in the car park drinking and very drunk. And one of the guys flicked a cigarette and it hit another guy, and it just caused the whole, like, wedding party to get into a massive oh, fight. there you go. Like an all-in brawl. The car park ended wow. up with ambulances. Oh, wow. There's a sink out there. You're never going to get the uh, deposit back from Tony Barlow like that, are you? <laughs> like, yeah, that's <laughs> no, your r- rental tux gone. Yeah. Oh. I had work the next morning at 6 o'clock, and I hadn't pulled in or anything for it, so I was willing to go to work. So I wasn't drinking. Mm. And I ended up in hospital with my partner because he had a split eye and everything. Oh. And ended up not being able to go to work the next day. Wow. 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 Are you still married, Danielle? Uh, yes. Together. Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. It's That's sounding very good, isn't it? When you're in a car park drinking at a wedding, someone flicks a cigarette and then there's a fire. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you say it like that. Thirty-six. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Ben from North Lakes. What's an awkward wedding moment? Well, I, I was at my sister's wedding, mm. and we're all having a great time, and we're at the reception. We're just about to go through for dinner because they're just about to open up the hall where we're having dinner. And there's this, oh, this god-awful smell. Uh-oh. And we're all heaving, and we're like, oh, shite, what do they put in the booze? Because we're all yeah. bloody sick already. Yeah. And we get in there, and the manager goes up to the bride and groom, and he, ta- he takes them out, and they're having a chat, and they come back, and they're like, somebody's had fart bombs. And I, I didn't even know what they were. And they're like little plastic yeah. bags, and they've got, like, crystals, and you pack them, and God, they smell horrible. Yeah, yeah, stink bombs. So, like, some... Something that you'd put at school. Some teenagers turn up to the wedding. Well, I, I had a horrible childhood, because I never had any of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. I'll tell you what. Wow. Anyway, the the manager's like, I, I want to know who done it because mm. it's not funny. And we're all like, well, it wasn't me. No one's owning up to it. So he said, right, well, before anyone goes through for denying checking the cameras and I'm finding out who's wow. done it. Wow. So he went and checked the cameras and he comes back and they open it up and we're all going through for dinner. And next minute, the bridegroom and the best man get pulled aside. And it was the best man that's done it. And he said, you're not going in for dinner. Of course it was. And... The groom sort of said to him, what do you expect me to do? He's my best man. He said, well, you can either cancel dinner or he's going home. So wow. the best man's had to stand there and make the, the decision whether to cancel wow. the wedding dinner oh, or wow. send his best man home. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Do a speech so by it, phone. He went, he went home. Like, I, I, I think, like... Have an Irish heritage. He was like, "Well, we're not missing out on this opportunity to drink." Yeah. Uh-huh. The best man went home, and we all partied all. Wow. wow. So instead, of, instead of having crack at this wedding, it just smelt like it. <laughs> oh, it was horrible. I've never smelled nothing like it in my life. I tell you, Ben. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, I've got to be very careful about. My brother's my best man. I hope he's not going to do any of that sort of thing. Oh. No, no. 
Ed, if you're listening, do not. Do not. Uh, Sky on the phone. Sky, uh, is it awkward at a wedding? Have you been to an awkward, awkward wedding? Um, it was actually my wedding, yeah. and I was really sick the night before and the day of my wedding. I got through the ceremony just, and as we were taking photos, I vomited all over my photographer's oh, no. shoes when she was holding back my dress. Brilliant. Oh. Um, and it was a lot of vomit. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what a trooper. We had to wear no shoes for the rest of the day, reception, oh, photos, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then at the reception, halfway through mid-meal, we had family turn up, a family of six, who said that they weren't coming. Mm. Oh. And... Then they expected to be seated, and one of them was wearing regular jeans and a T-shirt and sneakers. (laughs) Could you swap the sneakers out for the photographer's shoes? (laughs) (laughs) I was was so sick, I didn't even realise what was happening. My family, my bridesmaids and stuff were more furious than me and were like, what are you doing here? Mm. Why are you not dressed appropriately for a wedding? Like, what is going on? It's good bridesmaid work. Yeah, Yeah, they were good. good. (laughs) Should have puked on them, Sky. Oh, no, let's not. (laughs) Stabbin Abbey, now with Osher on Hit 105. Now, I'm just aware that um, Audrey's parents do live in Brisbane, so uh, guys, if you're listening, don't listen for the next three minutes, or if you do listen, (laughs) you can never talk to Audrey about what you're about to hear. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Awesome. Audrey and I, we're in a a monogamous and and loving relationship, and uh, like... The majority of couples, I'm going to say, we use contraception uh-huh. so that we can choose when uh, kids do come into our life. Mm-hmm. And uh, yesterday, we were enjoying many of the uh, the benefits of having a loving and healthy sex life. Oh, Audrey's parents have just turned off Which now. was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that was all great until the aforementioned contraception decided to break. <sighs> and, uh, you know, we were kind of lying there, kind of, oh, what do we do? What do we do now? <laughs> and Audrey says, uh, bless her heart. She goes, listen... I'm an islander, so you better get yourself to the campus pretty quick because uh, I'm probably pregnant already. <laughs> wow. So, um, okay, off we go into the car and uh, we pull up to the chemist and uh, she goes, oh, no, no, I'm not coming in. Oh, oh, my God, I love her. That is so good. No, she's like, oh, no, no, I you're going it. in. You're going in to get it. So, okay, you can get it. The so, um, after pill. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did you <laughs> Just trying to bring out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that guy. I, I, yeah, because... You used to have to go to the doctor. Now yeah. you can get it over, can get the, over the counter from the yeah, GP. Right. So they can't really to. say no to you just because yeah. you're a guy. But it's but kind of like I always love sending guys into this. Right. So like anyway, no, no, fair enough. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll go in there. Absolutely no problem. Mm. Um, so I go in there and I had my hat on, pulled my hat down. Uh-huh. And there's a few people waiting and I'm like, oh, God, here we go, here we go, here we go. And I get up there and say, can I please have the morning after pill? And she's like, pardon? So oh, I'm right. to <laughs> uh, can I get the morning after pill, please? He goes, oh, it's you. Brilliant. No. Always good. Oh, She's so pretty. Wow. You have such beautiful... I'm like, come on, <laughs> That's man. That's great. And she goes to get it. Yeah. She goes to get it. And she says, oh, look, while you're here, you might as well get some pregnancy tests from uh, the aisle two. And because I'm deaf, yeah. I was... Pardon, what, what? did you say? <laughs> you may need to get some pregnancy tests. Get the three packs so you know it works. Wait, in fact, you stay here, I'll go... Osha needs a pregnancy <laughs> test to oil clippers, pregnancy test. I don't know why she sent you in. It was you going in in the first place that got you into all this trouble. <laughs> Stabbing Abby now with Osha on Hit 105. Happy first of the month and happy first day of spring. And it is exciting. I mean, here in Queensland, we always have perfect weather. But, you know, it's nice when spring comes, except one thing. This noise. <gasps> 
<laughs> and you do the magpie dance because, yeah, it is swooping season. Stop that, please. <laughs> you are completely giving me flashbacks. As a bike rider, you would. As yes, a cyclist, man. oh, my God. Because like, you, Do you have the little pointy things on your... I did, yeah, yeah, I did for a while. Helmet? Yeah, well, th- this is what freaks me out about it, right? Because magpies, nobody likes it, especially when you go, I've got to get from that side of the park to that side, can I do it? You look above and you're like, it's fine to walk. You go to walk and, and all of a sudden just... And it seems like every park now has a poster, mm. like an old mm. western, <laughs> saying like, this guy's around, be careful. Yeah. It says like, there will be swooping birds in this area. Well, is it the magpies world? Because this, this headline sort of freaks me out. Are mm. you ready? It says research finds mm. that magpies mm-hmm. can recognise your face huh. if you've been attacked before and they even know where you live. What do you mean they know <laughs> where you live? I know. It says that they even know where you live. Apparently they will attack the same person because they go, oh, I recognise you. I know you're trying you're to steal news. my babies. I am going to swoop you again. And then they said that they even know where an individual lives if they want to easily victimise them. So if they've been, like say, for example, you go down to the park with the kids and your kids are being rowdy and they go, right, enough of this. My, you know, baby magpies are trying to sleep. Swoop, 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 freak you out. And then they see you again. They go, not this time, not today. And they swoop again. (laughs) Frightening. And I want to know 13, 10, Even if you change clothes? Yeah, Yeah, apparently it's your face. What? It's your face they recognise. But 13, 10, 60, are you being stalked? By a magpie. It what? seems absurd, right? Yeah. But I just want to know, do you just like think that that magpie gets you more than anyone else? Doctor, I'm like... going to need facial reconstructive surgery. <laughs> Why? Are you not happy with your nose? I'm being stalked by a magpie. I'm going to refer you to another doctor of mine. <laughs> are you supposed to wear glasses or something? Isn't you put glasses on the back, back of your, your head, head because they won't attack you from the front because they're cowardly animals. Uh, they only attack you from behind. So if you put glasses, that's why back in the day, remember you used to have those hats with Dame Edna on the back? Um, on the flap, you know, you have the flap that goes down over your neck. So they brought out this ranger hat that had Dame Edna's face on the back and you wouldn't get attacked by a magpie. You look like a tool, but you didn't get attacked by magpies. How so. many hats of those did you have? I just, you only need one, one <laughs> like multiple hats. <laughs> <laughs> Sam out in Cabo. What are the magpies like out there, mate? Um, well, out of my parents' place, they are on a big, large block of land that's mm. got gum trees lining the oh, edge. Mm. Terror, terror. And, and they, um, <laughs> they feed. The birds. Uh-huh. So my kids can play on this side of the fence in my parents' yard without getting swooped. But the kids riding their bikes on the other side of the fence Ooh, are screwed. Wow. Look at this. So this yeah, is like science. this is almost like paying protection to an yeah. organised yeah. crime game. That's so true. We just got a Facebook yeah. message from Matt Wood that said, "Look, hey, if you want them yeah. to leave you alone, just make sure that you feed them because they'll remember exactly. that you feed them." Yep, yep, no, we we have cake, we chuck cake down on the ground, they feed the butcher birds as well, and then they just go and swoop other kids on the, uh, runners on the other side of the fence, and it's really hard not to laugh. It's a spectator sport. It's a spectator. Yeah. No, you do that. Definitely. You know how you find one? Like, say you get swooped and then you just sit at a nice casual distance and then just watch the parade go by. It's hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious. They've got tips on how to... um, Feed them. The Sam's... Well, feed them is one, but they always said make sure you keep eye contact with them. Like, Mm. retreat, Mm -hmm. but just keep eye contact with them. Yeah, as soon as you're not looking at them, that's when they swoop. As I said, they're, they're, they're cowardly animals. Well, they're smart, so they only swoop when you're not looking at them. Yeah, right. Danielle in Kapalaba, are you being stalked by a magpie? Oh, my God, yes. My sister and I, when we moved into my um, my parents' house, 
there was a magpie that was in the street and it just attacked all the kids in the street. Mm. So it attacked my sister and I one day. It actually bit me on the ear. Oh, yeah. beyond Beyond traumatised from now on. And then the next day we were going out to the park and this magpie is sitting at the end of the driveway waiting for us and wouldn't let us walk past. Wouldn't let you walk. So have you moved? No, it, it kept looking at us. And we I was traumatised from yesterday's event, so I refused to go past it. Oh, my God, it was it's, so scary. It's like that Hitchcock film, The Birds, yes. when they go out of the house and go, oh, that's a bad day to go out of the house. No, you are not getting past. Well, they say uh, take an umbrella, okay? So you're going to have to carry an umbrella, open umbrella above your head. Georgie's in Kashmir. Is there a magpie, a particular magpie that's stalking you? I have one in particular yeah. that is stalking me in my own home. In your oh, own home? Oh, my God. See, I told you, they I know cannot... where you live. Yeah. Oh, it definitely knows where I live. Mm. I've even called it Magri. We've given it a name <laughs> because every time we walk out of the house, yeah. whether I'm hanging out clothes, in the garden, by the pool, even getting in my own car, mm. this magpie is there. Um, it approaches you like it's going to swoop you, mm. but then it actually lands at your feet and oh. just kind of tilts its head and looks oh. up, up at you. To? What are you doing? Wow. What do you think you're doing? Remember Everywhere who owns this town. Wow. Well, I don't know <laughs> if you're going to be able to get out of the house, but if you can, um, I will give you two tickets to go and see Bridget Jones' baby. Okay. That would be great. The yep. second ticket can be for the magpie. Yeah, too, yeah. Too. I was going to say that. I was thinking, you wine and dine this thing, you get it on side. That's what I would do. Stab and Abby now with Osher on Hit 105.